0: Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. My name is C. Travis Webb, uh, editor of the American Age, and I'm speaking to you from Orange, California, where it is very rainy. Uh, for the first time this year, we got some serious rain, so it's kind of nice. I, I appreciate the change. Mm, indeed. And um, I'm here. I'm Steph
1: Rodney. I am a writer and editor and teacher and general bon vivant. And I'm coming to you from
2: the South Bronx. (laughs) And I'm Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm also a writer, and it is wonderful here in Harlem. It's a nice day out.
0: Uh, something that some of our listeners probably don't know is that Stephen has a gremlin that haunts his electronic devices. And literally, we were just spent an hour troubleshooting his computer. And I, I can say uh, with uh, certainty that it was absolutely not his fault. So <laughs> uh, it's something just sort of you have bad luck, my friend, when mm. it comes to this wow, stuff. Wow, I never so. think of
2: it that way. But I just yeah. feel like I should know more about computers. But there's a part of my brain that doesn't seem to want to receive the information. Right. right? So I'm right. trying to work on that. You know, in my in my last uh, was a quarter, quarter three. Was it thirty years, forty years? That mm-hmm. depends. Depends on mm-hmm. when I feel like checking out. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Come on, computer. Love me and I'll love you. We we love each other. We're friends. Uh,
0: Said every stalker ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. goodness. Uh, uh, So, this is to to, to remind our listeners that we practice a form of intellectual intimacy, meaning that we give each other the space and time to figure things out out loud Mm -hmm. and to think out loud with each other. Uh, So, we're continuing our conversation on pornography. I think this is part... Four, I think, Four. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we ended last time with a question. Uh, it was Stephen's question, and so I thought, you know, Stephen, you had the question. Why don't you sure. take us in? Mm-hmm. And, uh, lead us into it, please.
2: So the last three episodes, we sort of looked at it, looked at pornography as a social, as biological, or cultural. So now mm-hmm. today, I guess, uh, at the end of episode three, I posited the question, why do we need pornography? Mm-hmm. And And so this is what we're discussing today, and I um, sent both Travis and Seth a couple of articles that we will be discussing today. And I also want to come, I came up with a couple questions for both Seth and Travis around what does pornography do for you specifically Mm -hmm. in a a sort of um, intellectual way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to start there and then kind of weave in some of the uh, arguments from from the articles I sent.
0: Seth, do you want
1: to... Sure. Um, um, I feel a a bit like the canary in the coal mine. Um, (laughs) uh, Only because, again, you know, to to reiterate... No, you don't know. Um, But to to reiterate what I've said before, I come to this conversation and this topic with a good deal of, uh, I guess the word is trepidation a sense of like oh i'm not I shouldn't be ever talking about this right, uh, right. Uh, I was thinking deeply about your question, Stephen, like right after we talked last week, and it occurred to me that the most honest answer was probably the first thing that occurred to me, which was that um well, actually, it's not the first thing that occurred to me. I will come back to that though okay um there's the second thing that occurred to me, which was that. There is something about watching it for me that, especially in the last couple of years, I very consciously said to myself, especially on those mornings, those days when I, um, I have a, re- a really hectic schedule and I feel, mm-hmm. I feel pressured. I feel like um, this is going to be a tough day. There are going to be 10 things I'm gonna, I need to do. I will maybe get to nine of them. Or maybe eight, if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. Taking that time in the morning to just literally just gain some, grab some pleasure for myself Mm -hmm. feels really conscious to me. Like I am saying Mm -hmm. to myself, uh, I'm just going to take these 15 minutes. It may be not 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, but I'm going to take this time for myself just to like, Pl- literally, pleasure myself,
3: mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm. because I want to carve that out of this day for me. Because mm-hmm. everything else I'm going to be doing today, not that it's not the, not that I'm ultimately, not that I won't ultimately be doing it for myself, but it will be work. Okay, everything else in this day I do will be work, and i didn't I oftentimes just don't want to start my day in that place. I don't want to start my day thinking. Literally, I will often wake up and look at my phone and start working. I will look at my, at my email accounts. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there are three of them. There's my personal. There's my work email, hyperallergic. And then there's the email I get from, from Parsons, from the new school. Mm-hmm. And I will literally start working. And I'll look at Twitter, and my mind will be working on, like, how awful our current socioeconomic, um, political, political. Uh, situation is in the US. Mm-hmm. And I want to take some time away from that kind of work to just feel pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's partly, I don't know if I'm actually willing to go as far as to say that's why I need it. And I okay. think we need to talk about need versus mm-hmm. want, but, but yeah. that's why I wanted it. That's why I
0: wanted it, at least. Okay. Um. So I am a very uh intermittent consumer of porn okay uh, it's never been a regular part of my sort of uh, my diet as far as mm-hmm. you know titillating myself or you know kind of provoking myself fantasy certainly right especially when I was younger um, mm-hmm. so I would you know probably that that function uh, uh, that sort of Self pleasure that would go along with the voyeuristic aspect of or pornography, which I guess is its entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, other than you know, uh, masturbation is. I would self generate for myself. You know, I'd have whatever sort of elaborate fantasies I would have about my own sexual potency or success or you know whatever fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and uh, and I don't mean to say that that isn't relevant. I just in in order to get to an, a larger point. So mm-hmm. I. It doesn't slide into my life in, uh, it's not a cornerstone of -hmm. of anything that I do regularly. It doesn't mean that I don't, Ever look at porn? I would say if if I was to just sort of directly answer the question, a few times a year, maybe I look I watch pornography, Mm -hmm. and you know when I do, I'll watch it for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a very inert person, and I mean that across the board. So like you know if I if I'm working, I just tend to keep working, and if I And if if I'm not working, if I'm consuming porn, then I will disappear for hours mm-hmm. into you know. So I mean, so that and and that that's a personality thing, mm-hmm. and it applies across the board, mm-hmm. um, and has advantages and obvious disadvantages. Mm-hmm. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you know, it, I don't know what intellectual uh, purpose it serves for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve a critical one, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, if, if we're just, if I want to kind of keep it, I mean, there's a broader conversation to have, but it, mm-hmm. to directly answer your question, okay. it does not uh, fulfill uh, a regular intellectual mm-hmm. uh, purpose for me.
2: And so while well, I'll keep it short, my answer, because I really appreciate both of you guys answering it and sort of like thinking about it. I think the grabbing of the pleasure part, I identify with, uh, with Seth with that. And with you, um, Travis, I think it's, for me, it's intermittent in the sense that, so I want to grab the pleasure for myself, but I'm also in it intermittently. So mm-hmm. there are days where porn just doesn't, it doesn't register as something that I need or want. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, right now I could watch porn, but it's mm-hmm. just the availability of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. not the omnipresence of it. It's the access that's so easy to get to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. now, whereas before it wasn't. And so earlier, my basic sort of responses that for me, and I think it's it's educational. It's always been educational for me. Mm. Um, not to say that I've set up and go, oh, okay, well, look at those angles. And oh, look at those bodies. and But <laughs> but I no longer look at porn solely as a place of pleasure. I look mm. at it for production values. I look at it for cultural information. I look at it for cultural information specifically around Black queer culture. I look at mm-hmm. it for information about health. Um, whether it's bareback or condom use, I look at it mm-hmm. as one of the ways to decode a, a particular way of acting sexually, um, mm-hmm. and then it's also it's the endless reexamination of the very things I just said. Where I'm like going, okay, so there are different ways to create porn. So there's amateur porn, there's professional porn, and over the the years have mm-hmm. been companies have been set up, and I've talked with some of these producers and mm-hmm. actors about their roles, and it's it feels like the biggest. Taboo, open, secret—like people are just here <laughs> to mm-hmm. talk to you about their experiences. And mm-hmm. over the years, it it it's become even more um, consciously not exploitive, but but just more accessible. So I feel like mm-hmm. the people are more accessible, the porn's more accessible, and my sensibilities about it are like there's something to learn here about that's more just than about pleasure or, or exploitation. There's more mm-hmm. things, and so that's what I kind of want to lead into in terms of why do we need porn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So one,
0: one thing, one thing I would like to interject in the conversation, because I think um, it is something that I often have a tendency to do mm-hmm. when you're, ex- when we're examining uh larger cultural phenomena, pornography, racism, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, is sometimes I think it's helpful to, to not tell, uh, too grand a narrative about, hmm. uh, about these things. So I, it is entirely plausible to me that someone could be an absolute nut for watching mm-hmm. pornography, like need it like two hours a day to like blow their wad or to like rub one out or whatever, right? Whatever, whatever the kids want. are saying. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, actually. <laughs> and, and and in every other way, be a fully functioning, productive, um, not misogynistic, you know, not hateful, not nymphomaniac, like mm-hmm. all of these things. Like I think we have you know we have clear urges and centers of pleasure in our bodies Mm -hmm. and we have figured out a variety of ways to stimulate those Mm -hmm. uh to sublimate those absolutely and and it it may not mean anything other than that then that's just that particular coping strategy for that particular person. But isn't
2: that great though to have a grand narrative or to post them? Because then you can knock them about. You can tear them apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's what well, I like about so, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well,
0: <laughs> so the, 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 where I do think that the, the bigger story um, is potentially comes in is actually in your question, which is around like, why does pornography exist? like potentially across time now mm-hmm. that may not have it not have been called pornography in ancient right. egypt or something like uh-huh. that but i you know when we first started this conversation i was reading a, a book by barbara mertz on metzer mertz um mm. on ancient egypt it's not related to the conversation at all but mm-hmm. one of the chapters on one of the earliest and most successful female kings and it's appropriate to refer to her as a female king because mm-hmm. she in in egyptian iconography she's represented as a pharaoh okay. um um uh, is uh uh Hatshepsut was her name mm-hmm. and she uh Hatshepsut famously did not have uh a husband she had potentially like her architect uh Senu or no Senuhe was the hero i forget I, I, the architect's name i forget i'm sure it'll come to me but mm-hmm. who um was a commoner that rose to uh, uh to be a prominent member in egyptian society and inside of uh burial chambers is graffiti that depicts the the female king with her or it's speculated it depicts the female king you know, getting it on with her commoner mm-hmm. consort, right? Okay. That was her architect. Mm. So now the, the Egyptians may not have called, the, you know, probably some worker, some stonemason that was, you know, having to work a 16-hour day mm. and, you know, hadn't had beer yet, like may have just been pissed. And, you know, so like, but, and they may not have called it pornography, but the idea that that we would be titillated by Other people's sexual activities, imagine other people's sexual activities and and represent other people's sexual activities Mm -hmm. is is something that seems contiguous to me across time. And Mm -hmm. now we have technology that allows us to to draw it rapidly, right? If you go with the sort of the photographic idea that photography is just a really, it's a super fast drawing. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, basically we can draw this over and over again. So it does seem to me that there is, it's a very long preface to say, I do think that there is probably a strong biological component Mm, in the existence of pornography, in its continued existence, in its titillation for us as a species. And that it, Morality gets kind of glued onto Mm -hmm. this act, Um, so that's my that's my more direct answer to your question. Why do I think it? I think it exists because I think it's stimulating to us on a deep biological level Mm. in general. Mm
1: -hmm. And then, and following on that, I want to bring in uh, a very useful quote from the article that Stephen sent around to us last week, by uh, an article called Further Dialogue on Pornography by Nancy mm-hmm. Herzig and mm-hmm. Raphael Burnaby, I think is the way to pronounce mm-hmm. Raphael's name. Um, and it's basically a response to Kathy Crosson's review of Nadine Strawson's Defending Pornography. Mm-hmm. So there are many sort of concentric circles that are um, interlaid on each other in this piece, but... Basically, the argument that they are making is that we shouldn't be demonizing pornography uh, as something as sort of outside of the realm of, sort of regularized emotion, um, emotional and physical interactions that, that titillate, that interest human beings. Mm. And one mm-hmm. of the things they say, they write, which I, I'm going to quote right now is, quote, if sex is a valuable aspect of our humanity... Than porn's intended effect making, uh, rather than porn's intended effect, which is making us horny, is at least as legitimate and valuable as the effects, laughter, tears, tension, relaxation, mm. indignation, mm-hmm. aesthetic yeah, enjoyment, etc., yeah. generated by other representations, right. non-sexual film, for example, writing, photography, etc., which we consider legitimate even if some or most of them are sexist and even as we criticize them for it. So they're basically saying, look, on the one side you have these kind of moralists and the moralists can sort of be further subdivided into uh, people with certain pet projects like feminists mm-hmm. or people who are um, uh, 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 have, a, have a particularly Christian agenda, whatever. Mm-hmm. They argue that there is something deeply sexist and exploitive about pornography that kind of puts it beyond the pale. What they're saying, though, is that we, we understand mm-hmm. pornography to be, as Travis would say, contiguous with these other interests that we have in human beings, right? With these other representations where we where we basically watch people do things in order to laugh, in order to right. cry, in order to mm-hmm. be indignant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we can't yeah. we can't intellectually separate porn out from that as being somehow the limit case that that mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. It is, is it somehow crosses the line into some a, a territory that is quote unquote wrong. I mean mm-hmm. I, the argument is convincing to me. If people get together on a Sunday morning to have brunch outside of the cafe and they want to spend a few hours just people watching. Mm-hmm. Right. How is that really categorically different from yeah. watching people fuck? Right. How? And, right. Right. I mean, the yeah. difference really is, I think, as Travis, I think, said this um, several weeks ago, is in the pleasure it gives us. There's something about the degree of pleasure we take mm. from having people. Because, and, and, and I want to get on the soapbox here for just a moment. <laughs> one of the one of the things Go. that I've always struggled with <laughs> with Christians, um, and particularly with the experience that I had in my family, which was um, a pronounced hypocritic. It was uh, particularly hypocritical, and that my father always sort of preached about uh, preached this um, notion that we are all fallen human beings and sinful and horrible, mm, and only right. by the grace mm. of God, blah blah blah, we ever um, sort of rescued from that state of fallen humanity and then he'd go and fuck around uh, outside of his marriage Mm -hmm. my problem was always with the kinds of messages that i was given as a as a child was that the body is bad the body Uh is pleasure Mm -hmm. is somehow only ever permitted within these sort of narrow confines of heterosexual marriage Mm -hmm. my thing is did you, have you guys ever had sex? Like, that's what I always want to say. Have you had sex? Because sex is one of those places, one of those experiences where more, I feel like more human beings just need to do it because it is so amazing. It is so freeing. It is so Mm -hmm. affirming. Mm -hmm. It is so deeply good to connect with another human being like that. I'm like... What are you talking about? Why would you demonize this? Why would you make it ugly and 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 it's just of a piece with all this bullshit about putting pornography outside of the realm of normalized human interaction, I think.
2: wasn't well, it a conflation of different kinds of pornography, like child pornography versus consenting adults? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And this is yeah. what people kind of conflate a lot with when it comes yeah. to just homosexuality or queerness. It's like, oh, these people right. are going to abuse children and right. blah blah blah. And it's like right. no, that's gain- the whole
1: bathroom argument, right? That's right. the whole like tra- um we can't you can't have trans people using their because and they're the gonna come in and their kids and uh oh, right. panic.
2: And there's no evidence of this, but there is right. a strong pushback. It's a way to sort of socially control people. That's what I think right. pornography allows people to do too, I mean, in a very general you
0: definition know, of it mm-hmm. i'm trying to think how to frame this i'm going to be very careful with my language around it mm-hmm. i i do think so the child pornography thing pornography in general right um the reason it comes up is because they it is not comparing apples and oranges right i mean we the this the barrier between adulthood and childhood is culturally flexible
2: yes
0: and and that is and that is mm. in fact what makes someone an adult right is sexual the ability to decide who you want to fuck or it used to be marry right right mm-hmm. um, i mean that, that i mean although always dicey for women you know when <laughs> whether mm-hmm. they got to whether they, they got to, to choose, choose or not to, and still yeah that's today. right that's right. So, yeah. right right yeah mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, you know it's that is what essentially marks adulthood is sexual maturation sexual mm-hmm. subjectivity um, so, uh, sexual volition. So, right. mm-hmm. but the line for what makes someone an adult and a child is socially constructed. Once you are past menstruation, right? And menstruation happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for women, right? I'm not talking about for for men oh. for boys. I guess that would be hair hair on the pubis, right? So, um, is the start of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, for for this that line. And now it's it's a it's a hard it's an essential cultural line that cultures use to kind of define themselves and figure out how they want to treat other human beings. Right. But it is a socially constructed constraint on on human sexual acquisitiveness. Right? I and see so, why you're being careful. Yes. Yeah, and so and so, yes, yeah, that's right. So I, I'm not, I, I, I I'm very <laughs> accepting of the current line, right? Disclaimer. I think, yes. Yeah. I, I think that it is. I think that, uh, in general, raising the age of consent has benefits for. For women more than men, mm-hmm. I, so I'm mm. I'm I'm, in, I'm very much in favor of that. You know, 14, 15 for a girl is deeply pro- problematic. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and so, but it's it is of a piece, right? They're not they're not apples and oranges. They are mm-hmm. you know ripe and unripe apples, mm-hmm. if, if I could you know extend uh, the analogy in kind of a disgusting way. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, so I I just want to say that I you know and this is why that arguments get that argument gets used this is why social conservatives will conflate these things mm-hmm. because they're conflatable and and we well and, said. and this is mm-hmm. why i did not I, this is why i did not like this the the uh, the scholarly article that mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, around consent because i thought this was just poorly thought through okay. on the writer's part mm-hmm. she she really didn't acknowledge the fact that that these things are adjacent to one another. And the article he's speaking
2: about, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is by Beyond Gratification: The Benefits of Pornography and the Demedicalization of Female Sexuality by Janine Orlowski in Modern mm-hmm. American Magazine, volume 8, issue 2, article 5. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: Thank you. you so I, I'll let me just let me let me ellipses to to one of you. You guys can you can sort of <laughs> jump in at the at uh, at this point. But um so I I do think that You know that we have to deal honestly, Mm -hmm. right, with with why those things are conflatable, and Mm. the our sexual appetites don't really know limits other than the limits that we have socially constrained ourselves to have. Which thumbs up, I'm in favor of. So (laughs) okay,
1: (laughs) I also think that I mean I I just want to mention that there's a slight complication too with women's um, menstruating. Um, a vis-a-vis being considered a, an adult um, mm-hmm. in that women who are – I've known this from having these conversations with girlfriends. Um, who are, women who are athletes actually men, tend to menstruate much, much later mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. their peers who are not. So right. I dated someone uh, who was, like, I think, training to be a gymnast. And she said that that didn't happen for her until basically she kind of stopped training. And okay. she was like in her late teenage years mm-hmm. was when that first happened. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, 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 even biologically, the line is fuzzy mm-hmm. at best. Yeah, fair. Um, right, right, right. Particularly fuzzy. when it comes yeah. to to women. Um, so there's that. That's a complicating feature.
2: Yeah. So I was thinking, so just picking up but the fuzzy line, for to speak, it's being able Mm. to have a baby or to make a baby obviously doesn't make you an adult.
3: Mm. And
2: I wanted to know if you, I'd never run across anything in any of my readings or just watching, you know, documentaries or whatever. What makes an adult is socially constructed because over Mm -hmm. time and, you know, and even now people in different cultures and actually in American culture, I'll just use American culture, you know, people got married much earlier. Right, than, absolutely, you know. yeah. And so it's funny just going through gene- uh, uh, genealogical records and looking at oh, it's like oh, my grandmother was m- married at what time and what age, <laughs> you know. And going through that and piecing it together, <laughs> right. and knowing it, you know, intellectually over the years, yeah, I've heard about it, but also seeing it in your own family and what mm-hmm. and what does that mean, you know, and what does it mean mm-hmm. for someone else? Because as you grow, you you're constantly engaging the past and the present. And mm-hmm. the future, in some ways, in terms of mm-hmm. the um, the different value systems that are on people and the laws, mm-hmm. you know, it was only in the last 20th century, in the mid 20th century that child labor laws had to come into being because <laughs> children mm-hmm. were working.
0: That's that's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. So, well, they were and, more, and, more
1: to the point they were being uh, exploited. Uh, yeah,
0: and as a right. footnote, it should be added in certain intellectual conservative circles that is seen as a positive thing for society. You can actually, uh, I can't remember the guy's Ah. name, but there are um, respectable, uh, respected, Mm. let me change my adjective, Mm -hmm. there are respected conservative (laughs) thinkers that make the argument that one of the ways that America has lost its way and become soft is because of, ch- of child labor laws. And that well, pe- there's nothing wrong with you know a young person contributing to the family all this kind of stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. So and and also,
1: they're, 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 they're equally um, – I'm trying to find a better uh, term r- rather than sort of tried and true fucked up. But okay, we'll go with – there are also <laughs> fucked up ways, uh, arguments that are made – with regards to how America's lost its way, quote unquote, uh, visa, made made in reference to the availability of um, birth control. And basically, I mean Jordan oh, Jordan absolutely. Peterson, I think, has has made this argument uh, publicly that basically once you uncouple the necessity to bear a child
3: mm-hmm. from
1: the sexual act, heterosexual, heterosexual act. And mm-hmm, what you do is you basically give people permission to just have sex for fun, to have to have sex for pleasure. And again, <laughs> I know that I'm I'm I, I'm I'm saying this to you guys, and uh, I I want to address I want to sort of turn this podcast in, into a megaphone and have it be blasted at um, Liberty University.
3: Mm-hmm. I want
1: to say to this to these Christians, like seriously, like what is like what is going on with you that you are so so wretchedly constipated that you can't imagine that having sex for pleasure, sheerly, purely for pleasure, is a bad thing. Like, how can you imagine that's a bad thing? Mm-hmm. I just don't get that.
2: Well, it's interesting. I thought you were going to, instead of Christians, I thought you were going to say Cretans. It was the way you kind of set it up.
1: <laughs> I just going <laughs> yeah. to say
2: it to these Even,
1: in the <laughs> Evangelicals, cret- to be specific. I really we want to say to the evangelical community in the U.S.
2: And so I, I, I want to go back briefly about the adult mm. thing and to say, mm. when does one become an adult? And Toni Morrison, mm-hmm. she was quoted as saying that she felt that there were only a few ways for people these days to become an adult. Have sex, have a baby, go to jail, go to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it struck me as, oh, we need some better ways of kind of coming up with what an adult is, mm-hmm. Do you know? Right. And yeah. and also, it sh- it's shifted. Obviously, the job market has shifted and or we'll go to or go to go to war. That was I think that was another thing. I may yeah, be making that, that makes up, but, sense. that but, makes sense. Yes, but even then, you know, these moments don't say anything about really be, about being an adult. These so, are just acts.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit okay with that because mm-hmm. I think we can't place too large a burden on our fellows mm-hmm. for their sort of psychological introspections about what makes them who they are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i think i think most of us and and i don't mean this in a paternalistic way i mean this just in 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 this in a sense of trying to be humble about it mm-hmm. i think most of us need a great deal of help in figuring out what we're about mm-hmm. um probably we're coming to the end anyway uh, for our time as uh, seth mm-hmm. go ahead please jump in
1: Well, what I wanted to do was, because we got a bit far afield from, um, the original question, which is fine, but I wanted to, to kind of throw a monkey wrench in the works, um, and, and, and add a kind of, uh, a writer question to, to, to Stephen's main query, which is, how do we deal if if we if we say if we ultimately answer the question of whether we need or want pornography um, because it allows us to make sort of begin to suss out some distinctions between who's an adult and who's not and we do it for because we want a certain amount of pleasure in our life like a little bit of candy at some point mm. um, during the day um, or because we want to explore something that is um uh a fascinating terrain to explore. Okay, so those are, those are legitimate reasons, right? Um but what about the desire the desire and despair uh uh dialectic in that mm-hmm. and I'm thinking specific, specifically about the um Neil Gaiman um series The Sandman which I've been reading mm-hmm. uh because uh partly because Travis was kind enough for my birthday to send me uh, 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 most of that series. And um, in the series, there are s- these seven deities, sort of, um, I guess that's the way I would call them. Okay. What, I, th- I think that's what I would call them, deities. Um, the Eternals, I think they're, they're known okay. as. And they all have D names. So it's death, it's dream, destruction. Um, delight, which actually used to be delight, but now is turned into delirium, and desire, <laughs> and dis- and despair, and destiny. And dis- destiny was also destiny. Thank you. Yes, but desire and despair are super interesting because desire sort of is this you know sort of mercurial creature who can be show up as either male or female. Mm-hmm. And is sort of the embodiment of you know, human desire, uh, what a particular human desires. And then despair is her very close sister. And despair is, it seems to me that they have a close relationship, which is a kind of metaphor for what may be some people's response relationship with porn, i.e., they they consume it, they go to it because they have this desire for other people, right? And I wonder if in exploring that desire Mm -hmm. and looking at other people that they, other bodies that they desire, that when they finally, you know, turn it off, they've turned themselves on, they've rubbed one out or whatever the kids say, (laughs) and they turn it off, I wonder if a little despair doesn't come into the room, right? Like a little sense of like, Mm. I'm not really able to have that person. I can fantasize about having this famous porn star, but I can't really. So does, dis- so does despair, right, come into the room when, when desire for, for the moment is, uh, sated?
0: can I its I, I love that you went in that direction it's one of the uh, one of the things I was gonna suggest because we're all uh, pretty libertine in our uh, aesthetics and our sensibilities uh, but these these things have consequences and so if I could sort of restate it in a, in a, in a slightly different way what are the spiritual consequences of pornography like mm. for for our uh, our health our mental health our our spiritual health our ability to connect with other people our abilities to connect with ourselves and our own lives um, and and what those lives may or may not bring um, so I'm uh, same same page, Seth. I, yeah, I'd like let's, to talk we about should that next time. Yeah, yes, let's do that, please. Oh, that's really wonderful.
2: So, I want to ask as one thing to those what you in fact, you know what? I'll wait, I'll wait till next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so right yeah. there. Right, right <laughs> so, yeah. thank yes, you, thank do. you everyone for tuning in. Uh, Seth and Steven, as always, thanks very much for great. The time. It was wonderful. Yeah, take care. It was. Yeah. All right.